Hello, and welcome back to season two, episode three, Rentals. I'm Danny C, and in this season, we are talking about vendors, how to find, vet, and hire anyone bringing a good or service to your event. This podcast is meant to be listened to in order, starting with season one, and this season is also sequenced in a way to tackle your core four vendors first. The first of those four is your venue and what it provides, which should have been tackled in season one, then professional wedding planning or coordination services, then all things food and beverage, then rentals. Here's the reason. As we will hear, knowing what you need to rent depends largely on what your venue is providing and also what your caterer needs and is providing as well. But if you are a backyard DIY wedding or you are considering throwing a wedding on private property, I hope you have bounced ahead to this episode. Since transforming private property into a wedding venue will take a great rental company to outfit your venue, not only with tables and chairs and linens, but maybe even a tent, heat lamps, lighting, a dance floor, and anything else you need. So considering the costs and logistics of this before you fully commit is a great use of time. For either listener, those who've committed to their venue, or those here to consider their options, today is your Cliff's Notes education on rentals. Let's dive in. Today's guest is Anthony Carabatien, owner of Chic Event Rentals. He founded Chic Event Rentals in 2009 simply because he saw the need for a reliable local option for the Monterey Peninsula in the central coast of California. And he saw this need first as a wedding DJ. While I'm there setting up my DJ equipment, I started speaking to some of the wedding coordinators about rentals and and uh, the venues as well. And they, you know, they said, listen, there really actually isn't a very large and reputable rental company in this town. There are some rental companies, but they're smaller. They're a little bit more limited with their inventory. Um, so we're kind of forced to go out of town. I saw the opportunity and, um, and took it. Now, 14 years later, Chic Event Rentals has a nearly limitless inventory and is among the most trusted and well-known companies in the area. For most couples, he can function as a one-stop shop for anything they need. So what can Chic Event Rentals provide? Um, everything from glassware, flatware, dinnerware, to linens, to tables and chairs, uh, tenting, flooring, lighting, um, and some additional accent pieces to help florists. And then, of course, uh, kitchen and catering equipment for caterers. Here comes my favorite vendor episode question. When in the timeline of wedding planning should a couple reach out to book their rental company? Um, I mean, they usually come to us after they've chosen a venue, hopefully also a caterer as well, because the caterer really does offer some services. Some some caterers are, are full service and they want to handle everything for, as far as the rentals. Um, some caterers bring glassware and flatware and dinnerware. They have enough that is included as their like base package. And then others don't have anything at all and they don't really even specialize in weddings. They just, they do catering for events or they have a restaurant and they cater out of the restaurant and they need every single thing. I think it's interesting with a company like Chic Event Rentals, whose inventory can stretch to so many events, even on the same day, is there still a big hurry to book even with so much availability? You're limited on crew and you're limited on trucks. It's rare that we run out of a certain item and we can't substitute that item with another item. 
during the prime season, our dispatcher on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday will say, that's it. No more deliveries or pickups for Friday um, and Sunday. And they'll just start blocking the day off. So the salesperson can't even assign anything on those days. Okay, so booking in a timely manner is still very important, especially to solidify the ideal game plan for dropping items off, setting them up, and picking them up after the event. Another common vendor question here, how do you determine what couples need when you begin talking with them? We like to start with the fun things, uh, help them choose you know, their tables and their linens. What kind of look are they looking for? Are they looking for more of like a wood look? And if so, what color tones? Or are they looking more for tables with linens? And then why don't we start designing, you know, choosing the, the flatware that goes with it? So you'll likely meet with a great company, see their incredible inventory, show them your mood board. Shout out to anyone who made one with me in season one. But I do want to quickly consider venue elements and logistics that could inform what items are either easier or harder to bring on site. Let's start with delivery considerations. So in a perfect world, we would drop off the day before the wedding. And that's for a few reasons. One, most people don't understand how long it takes to unload a 24-foot box truck or um, even a larger wedding with two trucks. You know, it takes hours to unload all of this and carry it from where the truck is parked to where everything is is needed. Um, and then also, if we drop off on the day before, that's a perfect time to catch any mistakes, uh, whether, you know, the mistake is on the client's part and they completely forgot to order one item or it's on our fault, you know, and in the truck on the way to the venue, something broke. And what if the venue doesn't allow this or it isn't possible to do the delivery the day before? If we can't do the day before, then on, it has to be on the day of the wedding then as early as possible. I mean, if the wedding starts at four o'clock, um, you know, you really got to have those items there first thing in the morning. If the truck shows up at noon and we only have three hours to unload and set up, I mean, it's, you're really not leaving a lot of room for error. Do you schedule an exact time for drop-off? Our standard delivery window is like a um, four-hour window. So they'll, they can, you know, they'll find out the four-hour window and then they can, of course, pay additional and go down to a two-hour window um, or a 30-minute window. But those are even harder to, <laughs> to fulfill. So we really do prefer to have you know, a nice four hour time block for that um, truck to show up. These logistics seem incredibly important. Is it on the couple's shoulders to create this game plan? Those are some of the questions that our sales team will definitely ask the couple. If it's a venue that we work at all the time, then we probably have their rules and regulations memorized. But, you know, definitely it's something that I would say the bride and groom should find out and really understand how much time they have for setup and teardown. Because if the venue is only giving them two or two hours or three hours and they expect all these 200 pound farm tables to show up with stacks and stacks of chairs and then the caterer needs to show up and set up, you know, glassware and flour and dinnerware and they only have a few hours, that's logistically not possible. I mean, one question that couples may need to quickly ask before we dive into dreaming about tablescapes is how accessible is their venue? Can the rental company get their trucks up to the venue? We have a list of venues that we are saying no to because when the road is not paved, that's a big problem. When it turns into a dirt road, that's a really, really big problem. I mean, we've had it to where they rent all this glassware. And by the time we get to the venue, almost every glass is broken in the truck, you know? So we've, we've learned that way that, you know, if it's not paved, we're basically not doing that anymore. Maybe a company says no, or maybe there are extra fees for extra trips needed to get the supplies up to the site. 
The other issue is if the road is so narrow and has so many turns that our standard, you know, 24 foot box truck, which actually is about 40 feet in length with the cab and all that stuff, um, can't make it around those turns and we need to only bring small trucks, then there's all these additional fees that will go along with that. A solution if this is you is to reach out to as many companies as you can because every company has different protocols it probably would end up being a, a much smaller boutique rental company. And even then, they're, they're going to have to deal with the same issues. Now let's talk about setup. Who sets everything up? In a perfect world, we would set up the tables um, and the chairs where they're going to be going, um, especially the, the wood tables. I mean, they weigh well over 100 pounds. So moving them is not the easiest. If they're just standard folding tables with linens on them, those are easier to, you know, two people, average people can just, you know, pick up a table and unfold the legs and, and set it up. It's not, not a big deal at all. We do include setup and teardown for the larger specialty items like those farm tables or like the nice specialty chairs. Um, and then for the items that anyone could set up like a folding chair or a folding table, um, we charge fees for those. Um, so we usually just would leave those stacked and then the caterer or someone from the venue or, you know, whoever the bride and groom have hired to set that up would set it up. Things that we don't do um, for any fee, we don't put linens on tables. We don't um, set up glassware and flatware and dinnerware and like, you know, really, really like set up the table. We always set up lounge furniture where it belongs and we always set up lighting where it belongs and same with tenting and all that stuff. So setting the tables and chairs in place is hugely helpful. Perhaps your venue is going to do this, or as Anthony said, rental companies are willing to as well. For the linens and tablescapes, ask your venue if this is included, or is it your caterer that's willing to do this? Most often, it's the venue coordinator or an additional wedding coordinator that you need to hire. That final phase wedding coordinator, often called a day of coordinator, might be a good option here. Remember Alana's warning from last episode that her gorgeous craft cocktails are easiest to produce when the bar has at least a little light. And this can be a safety consideration for guests as well. Lighting is a big thing. Also knowing like the time of the year, like you're going to, if you have your wedding in the wintertime, you need to have some nice lighting on the property. It's going to get dark before five o'clock and um, you just need to be prepared to have some nice string lights or wash lights just throughout the property, wherever you're doing it. If your wedding is in June when it's still light out at nine o'clock, you may not even need to worry about lighting for the dinner area. You just need to worry about it for the reception area. It kind of feels like venue considerations and details are a huge part of this equation. What else about your venue is important to know? If it's an outdoor venue, which in our area, a lot of venues are outdoor, being rain prepared, um, understanding that it could possibly rain, even though it is, you know, October or September and it's supposed to be beautiful. So what I would recommend to anyone that is having an outdoor venue and they are worried about rain because there is no other plan on that site for them is to one, get the, get the quote. So at least they can understand how much possibly they'd be spending. And then of course, if it does look like it's a rainy season that year and they're a week and a half out and it looks like it's been, it's going to rain that weekend. There's a chance it's going to rain the following weekend. At that point, they need to make a decision and put a non-refundable deposit down, which will lock that tent in and the crew members to set it up and tear it down. Um, and then a few days before the final balance will be due and they could decide whether they want to do that or not. Okay. And what about arranging pickup at the other end of the event? Um, so also, once again, we would prefer to not pick up 
uh, the night of the wedding. Um, doing a late night pickup in the dark at 10, 10.30, 11 p.m. is challenging. So in a perfect world, we would pick up the next day. Um, but also we need to find out uh, logistically what's going on with that. If the venue has another wedding the next day, then maybe we do need to pick up the night before. Um, or we need to show up first thing in the morning at 8 a.m., and uh, be off property by 11 because the next rental company is coming at noon. Um, but these are the, the logistical issues that can cause last minute fees. Logistics and vendors who are reliable is so far a huge season two theme. Not just finding someone who is the cheapest, but someone who you trust and who has done it before. This can actually save you money in the long run. This was Anthony's biggest advice to couples planning their wedding all aspects of a wedding, uh, hiring professionals, um, you know, hiring a coordinator that actually knows what they're doing, has dealt with all of these issues over and over and over. Um, and it's not their, you know, they did their own wedding and then they did their, you know, sister's wedding and then you're their third wedding. Well, most likely if it's their third wedding, they're going to make some mistakes. Um, and in the end, those mistakes could cost you money. And also another theme is considering those larger full-service companies versus niche or boutique companies. But Anthony says that even though they have it all, couples may still choose to mix and match. We are a one-stop shop, uh, but there are so many specialty rentals now um, that didn't exist. It, now there's really, really nice um, you know, niche rental companies that specialize in very, very nice high-end flatware high-end plates, the coolest of coolest chairs, and like really unique, unique stuff. So yes, we are definitely seeing um, at the same high-end wedding, um, two to three rental companies showing up delivering items because that's what you know the bride and groom want. So if your taste is highly specialized, you may seek out specialty rentals. If your taste is luxury, you may be combining different rental companies. But in reaching out to rental companies, you're seeing what's possible, what's available, and what you need to rent to fill in the gaps and keep your guests comfortable and transform your space into your dream wedding world. I hope that was helpful. This marks the end of the core four episodes, which combine the details from what we know from booking our venue with items mentioned in season two, episodes one through three. It's definitely my advice to spend time tackling everything mentioned in these first three episodes, even if it takes you a little while. Getting a good game plan for these main site and service related items is one of the best ways to create an ideal wedding situation for you and your family. So spend some time here. Maybe bring in that wedding planner, revisit episode one if you haven't already considered your options for some help, and be sure you are feeling confident about how the event is taking shape. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.